Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. President Biden talking about the methane plan. This is a good step. You'll recall Leo DiCaprio and I made two movies about methane. One's called Last Hours. It's on YouTube. The other's called Ice on Fire, the ice being frozen methane, which was a feature-length movie that showed up in theaters. And this is a big deal. Methane is a very, very, very potent. It's 80 times more effective as a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. And we've got oil wells all over this country that are just sitting there leaking methane just constantly. And uh, we're doing very little about it. Also, of course, Joe Manchin threw a monkey wrench and said uh, he's not going to be voting or suggested, implied that he's not going to be voting for the reconciliation bill. The progressives are pushing back. Cory Bush saying, Joe Manchin does not get to dictate the future of our country. I do not trust his assessment of what our communities need the most. I trust the parents in my district who can't get to their shift without child care. I trust the scientists who've shown us what our future will look like if we fail to meaningfully address the climate crisis. I trust the parents and doctors crying out for comprehensive health coverage for every person in America. We can't spend the next year saying the House did its part. Now it's the Senate's turn. We need the Senate to actually get this done. So, anyhow, picking up your phone calls. Nick in Huntington, West Virginia, speaking of Joe Manchin. Hey, Nick, what's on your mind? Yes, I've called his office today, the first time I've been able to get through through all this. And I don't understand. They've cut, cut, cut. And one of the things they cut is teeth up here. It's ridiculous. He needs to get on board. I don't, and, and then his daughter, I think he's in the pocket of the, of the pharmaceutical companies. His daughter did the EpiPen scandal. Why ain't the major media mentioning this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. She testified before Congress that her last year's salary was $18 million. Uh, they're sitting pretty. <laughs> and, and, and by teeth, you meant uh, the dental care in, in Medicare that uh, Joe Ban- Manchin objects to. Why doesn't he yeah. want people over 65 in West Virginia to have dental care? I don't understand. What, what's the upside no, I, for him in this? 
a kickback, I guess. Don't ask me because we need all that health care. Yeah. You know, I, I, it just befuddles me. We've got two people holding up progress for millions of Americans. A, a, a union working American like me, I just don't understand. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is pretty bizarre. Nick, thanks a lot for the call. Uh, Mike in Baltimore. Hey, Mike, uh, what's on your mind? Hi, Tom. First, I want to say thank you so much for your initial comments. I'm a truck driver, so me being on this CB is a constant thing. Now, here's a question for you, because I think a lot of people are confused, and I'll lead up to Joe Manchin with this. Critical race theory that they keep talking about, that's not taught in, in any elementary school. One, it's Democrats a, have failed it's on a law school course. on that. Exactly. My point, my point with this is, does critical race theory teach um, systematic or it's another type of way, form of how racism impacts today, right? Yeah, well, it's essentially an analysis of, of how law has been shaped and evolved over the last 400 years, both common law and constitutional law in the United States, to favor white people. Exactly. So now, here's where I'm going to go with this. The, the Biff bill, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, mm -hmm. I'm a truck driver, as I've said. I'm on these highways. I don't see a lot of black and brown men. There are some. 90% of the people that I see on these highways are white men. This bill helps white people in rural areas. If in order for you to pass this bill, you have to help everyone else out. So when you start stripping out from the BBD bill, stuff that will help black and brown people, isn't that a form of systematic racism? Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, but, I, but I don't, you know, I mean, the majority of people on Medicare are white. I still don't understand why Joe Manchin doesn't want them to have their teeth fixed. Well, what, what good is it to hear but not see? Yeah. Or see, but not be able to eat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Mike. Okay. I mean, it's like Thank you, Tom. Some, somebody's grease in somebody's palms, and the media is not talking about it. And uh, frankly, I think this all goes back to Citizens United. But yeah, thank you, Mike. Uh, very, very well said. Appreciate the call. Phyllis in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Phyllis, what's on your mind today? Good morning, Tom. This is. Uh... There are African-Americans who are sitting in their cars, their kitchens, and their churches who have been wondering why Donald Trump has been able to get away with killing so many people with this pandemic. It is just as if he can get away with everything, and this is one of them that he should not get away with. I so agree. please keep, keep the pressure on, because we're listening, and we're trying to make our, our voices known, but we can do very little. Maybe those who are in the media who continue to talk about it, as you, could help. This is my first time to call any show, but I just had to let you know that I applaud you and I thank you. Thank you, Phyllis, and great to hear from you. Kevin in uh, Donners Grove, Illinois. Hey, Kevin, what's on your mind today? No, it's Kim. Oh, Kim, I'm Kevin's sorry. my husband. <laughs> Sometimes I just glance at it. I, uh, my apologies. What's up? That's okay. I've been called worse. Um, I think that the reason, you know how you always talk about Medicare Advantage and how much money that's taking out of Medicare? Right. Well, Medicare Advantage offers dental, optical, and hearing. 
Oh, so that's the reason that Joe Manchin doesn't want so it, because his daughter, well, maybe his, his daughter isn't in the insurance business, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm sorry. No, but he's got to be buddies that have it. How many sure. people have given him money for that? Yep. So, you know, that's my conspiracy theory. I can't prove it, but it makes a lot of sense in whatever thing else he doesn't want to go through, like the pharma stuff. Yeah, that makes per that that's got to be the answer. Actually, that's the only answer that makes any sense. Well, well, people in West Virginia can still get dental and hearing. All they have to do is sign up with you know one of the big health insurance companies for Medicare Advantage scam. Yeah, mm -hmm. perfect, Kim. I don't know why that wasn't obvious to me. <laughs> it's like sometimes that's because you have so many things you have to do. And I was just sitting here. I'm retired, so it's mm -hmm. like I'm just sitting here playing on my computer and listening. Yeah. Yeah, well, you nailed it. I'm, I'm certain that you nailed it. <laughs> well, thank you. Kim, Kim thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm telling you, we've, we've got some of the best minds in the world listening to this program or watching this program. Thank you, Kim. Uh, Marilyn in Greenville, Georgia. Hey, Marilyn, what's on your mind today? Hey, I'm doing okay. Got two things I wanted to talk to you about. One, if Trump was black, he would have been in jail by now. Oh, yeah. Two, if Trump was black, he would have been in jail when he was 17 years old. He was such a bully and an ass. But anyhow, back to you, Merrill. Okay, the second thing. I texted a couple of the uh, people in, in the Congress today. I said, stop doing the carrots, start using the stick. I mm. told Pelosi that this morning. I said, stop playing with these people. Because, first of all, follow the money. Where that money's coming from. This is all crooked stuff. You know this. Yeah. Take the take the money out, corporate out of out of politics, and then we get something done. Yeah, but the Supreme Court is what put that money into politics, and it's damn hard to get around the Supreme Court these days. They're the most po most powerful branch of government now. Here's another thing I want to tell you: if corporations are people, why not people be corporations? Well, I think some people become corporations, essentially. This is how most billionaires don't pay any taxes at all, is they create small corporations. The corporations launder their money, basically. Um, you know, Jeff Bezos, for example, you know, he's sitting on $200 billion. You know how he pays himself? You know how he covers his living expenses? No. He borrows it. He borrows money. He goes to the bank and he borrows money at a, at a quarter of a percent or a half a percent against his billions of dollars of stock. He'll borrow, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 million dollars. That's his walking around money. That's what he lives on throughout the course of the year. And, and uh, you know, and he pays absolutely no taxes on it because it's borrowed money. And then he gets a tax deduction for the interest on that money. Uh, he, declared an he declared a total income last year of $80,000. That was it. Uh, you know, and, 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 he, and I think he did that because he, he claimed he was eligible for the child tax credit. I mean, you know, this is, this is the kind of scam. You know, so, yeah, people become corporations for the purposes of taxation, and that's what's going on. Marilyn, thank you for the call. Uh, Charles in, Houston, in Hamilton, Texas. Hey, Charles, what's up? Hey, Tom, I know you're familiar with Hannah Arendt's book, uh, The Rise of Totalitarianism. I am. And uh, in that book, she says that the true constituent of the Nazi Party and the Communist Party is not the confirmed fascist or the confirmed communist, but rather the people who were so confused they could no longer tell the difference between what's right and wrong, between uh, what's real and illusion. Right. Right. So I think that's what is happening in America today. We're, we have so many people that have lost their ability to tell the difference. You're absolutely right. I was right. sitting in a local uh, restaurant, and uh, there was a group of people across the room from me, 
And they were talking about how evil the Democrats are and about how the Democratic Party wants to destroy America. And they went on to say that Joe Biden was a fascist and a communist, wow. and that he wants to destroy the economy and uh, destroy democracy in America. Yeah, they're just echoing the hate that comes out of right-wing radio. It's really a tragedy, Charles. It really and truly is that there's an entire ecosystem, 1,500 right-wing radio stations, over 200 right-wing television stations, three right-wing television networks, all promoting this idea that one of the two political parties is is communist, socialist, evil. I mean, it's, it's, it's so sad. Charles, thank you for the call. I mean, this is tearing our country apart. And they're doing it for profit, by the way. This whole, you know, hate Americans, love America, hate Americans routine that the right wing does is very profitable. Michael in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Hey, Michael, what's on your mind today? Well, the, the whole conservative meme about supply chain backups, these stories come again and again and again about supply chain problems, but they never talk about manufacturing more in America. If we're going to sell it in Topeka, we ought to build it or make it in Iowa or Illinois or Michigan. You I know, agree. If we did that, we wouldn't have those problems. I agree. The worst you would get is the, you know, some truck driver couldn't get it across a snowstorm or something. I mean, that would, like we used to have, you know, I mean, it used to be occasionally there was a problem because of weather, but that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, the story never mentions that. Hegemony, nope. you know, is this we have to have more global capitalism. And they yeah, and by the way, Michael, manufacturing here in America. Yeah. Even worse, they never mentioned the fact that prior to the Reagan administration, we were not, you know, when Ronald Reagan came into office in 1981, Sam Walton's Walmarts, uh, Louise and I moved to Georgia in 1981. And they had just opened a new Walmart in, as I recall, Kennesaw. It was just up the road from us. We, we were living in Cobb County. It was the first Walmart in the area. And he had this giant banner. It was a giant cloth banner that was draped over the top of the whole front of the Walmart. And it said, 100% made in USA, <laughs> exclamation mark. That was 1981. And look yep. at it now. And no, yeah. they never mentioned that either. They never mentioned the fact that we used to make pretty much everything in this country. It was a plan that Alexander Hamilton came up with in 1791, and it kept yeah. us in good stead all the way up until 1981. And then Reagan you know, pulls out the old General Agreement on Tariffs and Trades, the GATT, and renegotiates it, and then and then writes the whole NAFTA, uh, you know, treaty from or uh, trade agreement or whatever you want to call it from scratch, and hands it off to Bill Clinton to sign. I mean, it's just crazy. Michael, thank you. Amen. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity, and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs 
and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance, so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Morris in Long Beach, California. Hey, Morris, what's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Tom. Listen, I want to talk to you about the Dinos. A Dino is a Democrat in name only. Now, the Dinos have uh, really put the brakes on the Build Back Better plan. They've just pretty much stripped it. Uh, But something that you said this morning that caught my attention, uh, Pelosi and Schumer need to get together, get a select committee going, and, and, and just hammer home. Hammer home how the Democrat, uh, how the Republicans are trying to decimate democracy in this country. That's got to be the narrative of uh, the Build Back Better thing. Again, they've stripped it. The narrative is we've got to protect democracy as we know it today. And these guys, uh, these guys are trying to tear it down. That that's the only way we come out of this. The confusionists is called the confusionists. They're doing a great job. I was listening to some of your callers right now talk about the Democrats as the evil people. Look, if you go on YouTube and look at some of the things that they're saying and showing, I'm I'm like, man, how you guys release stuff like this in this country? But the thing we got to do right now, Tom to get back to what I call you about. They got to get serious about having a select committee and get you a Joe McCarthy kind of spirit, a crazy, wow, man, Joe McCarthy kind of spirit, protecting and speaking up for democracy the same way they stand up for what they're talking about. I'm talking about Republicans. And that's all I want to say, Tom. I think you're right on the money with the select committee idea. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you, Morris. I'm with you. I'm, I'm completely with you. And, and uh, you always hit it out of the park, Morris. Thank you. Gregory in Ventura, California. Hey, Gregory, what's up? Hey, Tom, how are you? I have a simple question. Great. Can the state be stripped of its statehood? Meaning if a state, you know, is there any provision in the Constitution that the state repeatedly uh, doesn't, uh, you know, go along with what the Fed rules are or egregious, like the thing in Texas? You know, Gregory, I, I may be wrong, but I don't think so. I, I, I think that there is a provision in the Constitution for a state to remove itself. Um, right. Uh, yeah. uh, actually, I'm not even certain of that. I know that, you know, to add a state requires, you know, uh, there's all kinds of hoops that you have to jump through to add a state. Um, yeah. And I don't recall the specifics of that. My recollection is it requires a referendum in the state uh, with some sort of a large supermajority and then a supermajority in the House and Senate. But I could be uh, mm-hmm. off on that. It's last time it happened. I was a little kid. That was Alaska and, and Hawaii in the 50s. And then Hawaii. Yeah, I remember yeah. that, too. 
But so you say, uh, once the state's a state, that's like that's it. But see, I don't. Right. You know, are, are you thinking of like you know, hey, te- get rid of Texas, give a you well, let, let get rid of it, or is there anything? Yeah, I don't know. if There's anything the feds can do to states if they repeatedly, you know, dis not, you know, disavow. I think we need to stop the poison, Gregory. I don't think the problem is Texas that, or the state of Texas or even the Texas state okay. government. I think it's the right wing media that is enabling people like Greg Abbott. And and uh, Dan Patrick to do what they're doing down there, and the legislature. I totally agree. You know, if, yeah. if, if we didn't have fifteen hundred right wing radio stations and 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 all these Sinclair TV stations and and Fox News and OAN and um, Newsmax and all that, this this would not yeah, be yeah. happening. This did that. That's I why agree. this was not happening prior to the mid nineties when all this stuff came online. I hear you. We had a we you. had a, a we had a country where you know we had a a shared understanding of what was politically real. We didn't have media out there that was literally promoting lies and fictions and things that were completely made up. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. it's- The caller nailed it about the blurring of illusion and reality that Trump was able to yes. do. And yes. people are now are just like, they're walking around totally confused and everything's turned around from yep. what you were just saying from, yep. from, the, from the day, you know. Yep. And it's not just Trump, it's the entire right-wing media ecosystem. It's incredible. Yeah. Gregory, thanks for the call. Good to hear from of you. Course, yep. in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Hey, Mark, what's up? Hey, man, how's it going? Good. Hey, uh, I just want to know if you don't have the passion to go after Republicans, have the passion to go after Democrats. Mark, your phone is fading in and out. Did you just say you don't know why Democrats don't have the passion to go after Republican crimes? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know why either. I mean, I mean, look at you know Bill Clinton, right? They they went after him for yeah. what six years. The, Ken Starr spent seventy million dollars along with his assistant Brett Kavanaugh, who by the way showed up in that uh, that uh, documentary. I think it's on Netflix or whatever it is uh, about Monica. You know, it's called American Crime Story, impeachment. Yeah, um, it was amazing. They, you know, Ken Starr's got his little war room, his three or four guys who are going to get Clinton, and and who's there? Yeah. Brett Kavanaugh is, is saying, oh, we need to go after him for getting a BJ. That's, a, that's what we need to do. And it turned out Brett Kavanaugh authored the most salacious parts of the Star Report. Um, but, but anyhow, you know, Republicans, they had no problem spending $70 million in six years trying to take down Bill Clinton for, for having sex. No problem at all. This is, you know, killing 700,000 people or, you know, at least intentionally killing 130,000 people, if you want to use that most conservative number that Deborah Burks laid out last week and sworn yeah. testimony before Congress. And she was there. She was his COVID advisor. She was in the room through all that stuff. And she's saying, yeah, he killed 130,000 people. Why the hell isn't somebody prosecuting him? Why isn't there I mean, a... Just re- Go ahead. Just the recordings... Um, where he was talking to that one reporter. Just that alone should be evidence enough of him, of murder. What are you talking about? it off like, oh, you know. You remember when he was, uh, uh, that book that guy wrote, when COVID first started. He had that interview over the phone with Trump. Oh, Woodward's first book? I remember his name. Yeah, where, yeah, where Woodward, yeah, where Trump told Woodward back in January, this thing is a killer, yeah. this is way worse than the flu, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to, what was the phrase he used? 
Yeah, he's just going to blow it. It's nothing. It's yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to downplay it. Right, because yeah. I don't want to cause no. a panic. Right, 700,000 yeah. dead people because he didn't want to cause a panic. Give me a friggin' break. Better. Yeah, Mark, it's not on. Evidence enough. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely with you. Mark, thank you. That was a good one. Sharon in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. Hey, Sharon. Hey, how are you? It's my first time calling in to any talk show. Well, thank uh, you, Sharon. I just can't understand why we can't find any Republicans that will vote for the Build Back Better bill. I mean, do they, none of them have a backbone. I, I just don't understand that. And I hate to think it's because of the color of my skin as an African-American woman born in 1963, but I think so. And from the last caller, what about Fauci? Why didn't Fauci speak up? He's sitting back there on the press show, you know, not saying a word. He knew. Knew what? That coronavirus was going to kill people. Oh, he was speaking up. The, the, one, the one error that Anthony Fauci made, if you want to call it an error, was in the first few months, in, uh, mm -hmm. in, in January, February, and March, there was a run on masks in the United States, and they didn't, and they literally, hospitals were running out of masks, because we got them all from China, and, and uh, during January, uh, when uh, China, early January, when China was having problems, mm -hmm. Trump actually shipped millions of masks from the United States to China. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is bizarre. And so we ran out of masks. So Fauci went on TV and said, please don't go buy masks. We need them for the hospitals. And, and mm -hmm. you know, in retrospect, that was a big mistake. But that's the only thing yeah. he's ever done or said that I think was a screw up. And he walked that back a week later. Yeah, that press conference when he was talking about drink chlorine and he just puts Trump. his hand in his head. It, really? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, really? it, it, what, it, what Trump has done is obscene. And, 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 and to your question of why not a single Republican will vote for the Build Back Better bill, right. it's, it's very simple, Sharon. In 1980, with the election of Ronald Reagan, the Republican Party completely sold out to the billionaire class and the big corporations. They changed American policy, they changed our trade policy, they changed our banking policies, they changed our tax policies. They reconfigured the entire country to benefit the very rich. And that's why five years ago, when Reagan came into office, 65% of Americans were in the middle class. Five years ago, it fell below 50%. It's now in the 40s. And you know, this is pure Reaganomics. And the Republican Party mm -hmm. has completely sold out, as are a small handful of Democrats. In this case, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. Right. I give you two right. sold out Democrats. But with the Republican Party, that's all they've got is is you know being racists and being sold out. That's it. And so I, you know, I I, I, I think you. you nailed it. Sharon, thanks a lot for the call. And thanks for calling into a talk radio show. Thanks for listening to Sirius XM. Great to hear from you. Have a great day. Change starts with you. You can be calling your Democratic or Republican representatives to let them know what you think by calling 202-224-3121. It's the Capitol switchboard. It'll get you right through to them. Evangelina in Rancho Palos Verdes, California. Hey, Evangelina, what's up? Hi, Tom. I'm Hi. the first time caller. Well, thank you. And thanks for listening to our app. What's on your mind? Yes. I wanted to have you reconsider translating at least your written um, rants or anything else that, uh, that you write in Spanish. 
I know that you had a caller a few weeks back that re- requested that your show be in Spanish, and you said that uh, that a lot of the Latinos that listen to you do speak Spanish. I, I happen to be one of them, mm-hmm. but I, I really feel that that uh, that the, the word has to get out, not just in Spanish, but to translate it as many languages as you can. I imagine that your books are translated in different languages as well. Yeah, I have uh, books in 17 different languages, but um, and Spanish is one of the more common ones. But Evangeline, I would be happy to create a Hartman Report and Espanol website if somebody else could take responsibility for making it happen. I just don't have the bandwidth and I don't speak Spanish. I mean, I took Spanish in elementary school for two years, but that's that was a long time ago. But, you know, no, I want- do you know of any organizations or anything that might be interested in, in putting something like that together? Because I would gladly give my content to them. It, it, isn't it something that can be, um, there's so many apps that translate things into different software, excuse me, that translate things in other languages. That's why I said your written stuff, because yeah. I imagine at a push of a button, you can change that to a different language. The, I, I understand that. Have you ever looked at one of those? You know, I, I speak German badly, and I and I have good friends in Germany, and they frequently send me notes in German. And when I run those through, you know, the the translation programs, the main one is Google. Um, I understand what they're saying, but it, all of the, uh, you know, it, it just reads terribly. I mean, you know, it needs oh. to have a human being proofread it. Gee. I, I, I maybe don't I should, know. Maybe I, I, I know should advertise I listen, for somebody. Um, I, I listen to you in various forms because I live up in the hills here, and uh, sometimes the signal doesn't come clear in the app, mm-hmm. or I listen to you on YouTube or KPFK, and I know that KPFK has a Spanish section um, in the mornings. I just wondered, because of your... Uh, your um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, because you're in the business of radio, and yeah. that, that should be shouldn't be something too difficult for you to reach. But I really don't know. I just I keep hearing uh, uh, you saying how the Republican Party is using Spanish to you know to turn the party and and gain more votes. And I understand that. And um, I just think that there's got to be some way. That that it's a, it's an idea, of. you know. The the uh, uh, with with Hartman Report, um, if we created a second one that was in Spanish, they, it does generate a small amount of revenue. I mean, it, I, if 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 we could get any kind of toehold in the Spanish community, it's possible that we could be able to afford to pay somebody to do translations. Let me discuss it with with uh, Louise and Nigel, my you know my wife and 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 our and our business partner and all this. Nigel Peacock, and see, you've given me an idea here, Evangeline. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Gar in Decatur, Georgia. Hey, Gar, what's on your mind? Uh, How you doing, Tom? Good. Enjoying your show. Thank you. I want to make it simple. We have the largest industry in the world in the USA, and that's called politics. Mm-hmm. That's a trillion-dollar industry. 
And all Mansion, Cinema, and the rest of them are trying to do is get the piece of that trillion dollars. I wish you would have. I, 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 last time I called you, I, I mentioned this to you, was Stephanie Kelton and the deficit myth. Yeah. I mean, it's when they book. talk about taxing the rich, automatically they're telling you we ain't passing nothing. We ain't passing nothing. That's what they're telling you. And you don't need riches, the rich people to pay taxes according to the deficit myth. Because all the deficit is is money that you got in your pocket, I got in my pocket, and Americans got in their pocket. I wish you would bring Stephanie Kelton on and she'll break it down. Yeah. And you said you had her on, a, on your show once before. Oh, she's been on this show probably a dozen times. It's, it's, oh, been, okay. it's been about a year, though, since she's been on. So we'll get her oh, back okay. on. Yeah. And, and I enjoy Sorry. Richard Wolf, too. He, he, has a, he has a good uh, line, too. Um, the sickness is in the system. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I, that. I and I read your book, School, too. I read that one. Oh, thank you. And that's a good one, too. Yeah. And, 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 and I tell you another good history to study. The DuPonts. The what? history of the DuPonts. Oh, the, the, the history of DuPonts. Yeah, one of the DuPonts yeah, was apparently behind the uh, attempt to overthrow Roosevelt. Well, see, they made their money in gunpowder. Yeah. Or they and were. that's an interesting story. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Tom, keep up the good work. Okay, you know, I'll I do it, frustrating, yeah. but uh, keep the faith. Okay, thank, thank you, you very much. Nancy in Elkhart, Indiana. Hey, Nancy, what's on your mind today? Hello. Um, I have a question for you, Tom. I have been getting emails from a group labeling themselves the Justice Democrats, mm -hmm. and they're comparing themselves to the Corporate Democrats. I've been reading about it. It sounds very much like, you know, what true Justice Democrats would be. Yeah. And they've even given themselves, can you explain, they've given, they've given themselves a little history. My recollection is that are. the Justice Democrats grew out of, um, uh, out of uh, Cenk Uger's Young Turks program, and that he used to be affiliated with them. They split off and became their own independent organization. Now, first of all, let me give you the caveat. I'm not part of this, and so everything I'm telling you is as an observer from the outside, and so I may be missing a lot of nuance, but this is my understanding. And then they split off from Jenk from and kind of went on their own. And, you know, basically what they do is support and publicize and promote progressive Democrats. And, uh, you know, I, I got no beef with them. I, you know, God bless them. I think they're doing great work. Well, that's kind of what I was hoping, um, because they actually even, they mention um, let's see, AOC, no, yeah, they mention her, but they give um, the three people, they call them the, I don't know if they say starters, but they mention Alexander Roja, somebody Trent, and I don't know the other person's name, and they said that they actually had um, started as backers of Bernie. Yeah. Would that make well, sense? Well, I, I think the Justice Department, uh, or Justice Democrats, may well have come out of the, you know, the first Bernie primary. Uh, back in 2016. Yeah, right, that's uh, what they were explaining. Yeah, yeah that would and, make sense. And then, of course, and then of course, as you say, like people like Manchin and the others, not um, a justice they Democrat. Don't, they, <laughs> right. right. I mean, they would they would sound like corporate Democrats. Yeah, there you anyway. go. There you go. Okay, Nancy, I just I'm wanted to move along, sure. but yeah, I, I tip my hat to them. Thank I tell you. you know, and and all the other groups. So, and my favorite, of course, is Progressive Democrats of America. PDAmerica.org is their website. But there's a bunch of great groups out there. Move on. Indivisible, indivisible.org is probably the biggest and one of the very best that you can hook up with. I get their emails. I'm, I'm a member. 
There's a bunch of them out there. Don in Chicago. Hey, Don, what's on your mind today? Hey, hey. Uh, it seems like every election, what pretty much happens, which makes us Democrats look bad, is we have one or two really important precincts that get their votes in late. And, you know, it always seems to kind of turn the tide, and it leaves suspicion hanging out there. So I don't know what the problem is, why we can't fix that. So here's what's going on, in my opinion. Number one, you've got, because of COVID, you've got Democrats who are using real media, you know, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post. They actually know what's going on with COVID. They're reluctant to show up at a polling place. They'd rather vote by mail. And so uh, the mail-in votes are heavily Democratic, and the mail-in votes tend to be counted late, and that's why in 2020 you saw these big swings toward Democrats toward the end of the day and early the next morning. I gotta move along, but thank you for the call. Appreciate it. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jeff in Turlock, California. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. I was, you caught me in the kitchen. I was had you on. <laughs> speak. It's all good. You know, I've been listening to you for a long time, and I love your show, man. Keep it up. Thank you. And uh, my thought is, but hear about this mansion. You know, he's rejecting a lot of the things he wants to pull out of this package. And I can't figure out, you know, he's pulling it out, not just against Democrats or Republicans, it's both. Who would vote for a guy that's, that he's telling you, you don't need these things? Why would I vote for him again? I mean, I, I put the same thing like Josh Harder's my rep here in uh, Turlock area. And I like the guy, he's doing a great job. Knocked out denim, finally. And uh, but anyway, I wouldn't vote if I need those services that the Biden administration is trying to get to us. Who on earth would vote for 
for uh, your representative again when he's telling you you don't need them. Yeah, I think I think that one of two things is happening: either both Manchin and Cinema are looking at becoming Republicans, or uh, neither one of them cares about getting reelected. And you know, Manchin's 74 years old; he's worth millions and millions of dollars. His right. daughter is worth millions of dollars. His son is worth millions of dollars. His family is richer than sin. And, uh, and you know, he's retirement age. He's a decade past retirement age, in fact. So prob- and, he does- and his term still goes for another four and a half years. So he's probably figuring, eh, screw him. Yeah, he, well, yeah, I could see him being ready to retire. He's old enough. Yeah. But if you're a Democrat, you're, you're, a, you're, you're a Democrat, why would you oppose these things so much? I mean, uh, even, somebody's uh, putting money in your back pocket. Yeah, everything traces to money. My dad, really my dad used to tell me when I was a little kid, Tom, he goes, and I didn't understand him, you know, when I was a little boy, four, five, six, eight years old. He said, Jeff, the root to all evil was money. Yeah. And as I got older, naturally, I understood what, what he was telling me. Yeah, it's right there and in the, the Bible. Thing, uh, Love of Tom, money is the, is the root of all evil. Yeah, that's yeah, going to destroy us, it looks like. But uh, the other thing is, like uh, programs like yours, uh, Rachel Maddow, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, those type of programs, uh, we listen to them pretty regular. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you, and my wife and I said, we, we tried to talk, we go, if people would listen to those programs like yours and the others, they might, they might if you heard them enough, they might start saying, well, wait a minute. But I don't know how you would get them. I've got I got brothers, I've got brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws uh, that are that are Trump Trumpers, and mm-hmm. but I don't know. I can't even talk to them. Let alone make them listen to a program like like yours. How would you ever get them to listen to one? Knock them out and put the headphones on them. <laughs> Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know the dynamics in your family, Jeff. I do know that callers have told me that they have challenged uh, Trump humpers in their families to just watch my show for one week or even just one day or or watch Rachel Maddow's show for a day or three, uh, you know, or other shows. I mean, you know, Randy Rhodes, uh, Amy Goodman, I mean, there's a bunch of good programming out there. And, and uh, you know, and come back and prove to me that anything these people said is a lie. And hey, Good luck. Good yeah. luck on that, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Get but, them to watch it or listen to it. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge, Jeff. It really is. People are very comfortable oh. inside their bubbles. Jeff, I got to run, but thank you for the call. It's the Tom Hartman Program. Taking back the mainstream media three hours a day, five days a week. Defending America from the weapons of mass deception. Tom Hartman here with you, Jennifer in Detroit, Michigan, my old stomping grounds. Hey, Jennifer, what's on your mind? Hey, Tom, how are you? It's been a really great show today. Um, FDR really, he wasn't really at the forefront of like Jim Crow, for example, at that time. You're right. Yeah, and the Democratic, but, that's because the Democratic Party was the home for America's racists, the Southern Democrats, the Dixiecrats were the, the epicenter of racial hatred in the United States and in the Congress. And, you know, uh, LBJ blew that up in 64 and 65 and it completely reorganized American politics. But, yeah, that's true. Ba- uh, I'm sorry, That's what I was going to say. When, 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 no, you, you just took the words out of my mouth, right? Because when LBJ did, it completely changed our two racial parties. Yep. I mean, I know it wasn't thought of the time, but it completely changed it. And so I, I just wanted to ask you, do you think we can do both? Can we fight for the policy that help 
all Americans and still fight, you know, focus on things that make us an equal, you know, not white, straight male supremacy society. Because yeah. I'm looking at, I mean, I'm a black female, and, and I have been truthfully shocked at how today's world, and, and I, you know, go back and think about the stories that, you know, my grandparents and stuff would share with me how. I'm, you know, much we. I'm seeing the same things that you know. You could ask me when I was a teenager or something that that was things that happened in the past. And I'll just and, and I'll tell you my fear is that we will fight so much to maintain cultural norms that we will risk our whole democracy. Yeah. So I want to ask you, what did you think? I think the How do we be you know. Then? FDR and and uh, Harry Truman also, you know, they, they uh, I forget which one of them integrated the army, but one of them did, and it was a big deal, a BFD. And, and FDR worked toward incremental integration, but he knew that if he stepped on that uh, particular uh, landmine, it would blow up big in his face with the Southern Democrats. LBJ just took them on. And, uh, you know, but, but, you know, the backlash was Ronald Reagan and 40 years of, of right-wing, you know, dog whistle politics. Actually, the backlash was Richard Nixon in 68 getting elected with the Southern strategy, Lee Atwater and all that stuff. I think, though, that, um, and, and this is my hopeful moment, Jennifer, although I realize that it seems like we're in a very kind of uh, weird time. But I, 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 America is changing. We're changing demographically, but there's also a younger generation coming up who are in particular looking at climate and realizing that all the stories that they've been told, including the stories about race, have been just evil lies. And they're, they're embracing a multiracial, pluralistic, multi-gender democracy in the United States. And I, I'm at, very optimistic about the future. Uh, well, I think what we're looking at are the last gasps, and, and a lot of it's being led by boomers. I mean, look at the average age of the people who raided the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Those are people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, by and large. I think that it's dying out, and I'm, I'm very hopeful, Jennifer. I, don't give up hope. I got to run, but thank you for the call. Ziggy in uh, Oneonta, New York. Hey, Ziggy, what's up? Hey, Tom, I think I know why the um, news media won't cover the corruption. And it's really quite simple. It's that they are part of the bribe system. Whenever oh, you see yeah. an ad on TV that from, like, let's say, Shell Oil, they're not trying to sell us oil. They're buying influence over the media. When you see the pharmaceutical companies have an ad, and then they give you a dozen reasons why this is going to make you sick, they're buying influence over the media. And that's why they won't report on those things. And the Medicare Advantage sales pitches. I mean, they're, they're all selling product. Uh, you know, I, 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 the, the, the one, oh, Ziggy just vanished off the phone. Uh, the, one, the one that I think absolutely meets your criteria, Ziggy, was back, and I, I called this out on the air uh, numerous times, back in the early 2000s, back in the first couple of years we were doing our show, when the defense contractors were, you know, like hogs at the trough with uh, the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, several defense contractors were running ads on television telling us how wonderful they were. You know, here's our planes, here's our technology. And I'm like, wait a minute, who's going to buy an F-15 or an F-35? I don't know anybody who can afford that. 
and you know it was it was clearly just a way of of uh, softening their image and you know enhancing that and all that kind of thing. So, but yeah, I, I think that the the influence part is a substantial side effect, a, a substantial benefit for them. I'm with you, Cheryl in Milwaukee, Oregon. Hey, Cheryl, what's on your mind? Well, I, I want to talk about trillions of dollars. Mainly, mainly the problem is that it sounds like so much money. But the Revenue Department, this, uh, last year that it brought money in, brought in $3.5 trillion. Right. That's one year. Right. Okay, our budget for that same year had a trillion five over the amount of money that was brought in. Right. Thus the deficit. That is the deficit. Right. Is the $1.5 trillion. Right. So what's your point? My point is that when you hear a trillion dollars, it sounds like a lot of money, but it's out of context. Mm -hmm. When I was in high, I'm about your age. When I was in college, uh, a billion sounded like a lot of money. Well, it was back then. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it still is. The dollar's worth about half of what it was in, then. In, in, const, in context. Yeah. These guys who are, are, are fighting about the million five to buy really good things for people spend two to three times that much every year on all of the things that they buy. Yeah, and it's and it's a it's a small share of GDP. Government expenses as a share of gross domestic product are lower in the United States. I'm pretty sure than any other developed country in the world. Um, Canada, I mean, we spend about 20% of our GDP uh, as government expense. Canada, I believe it's closer to 30, 35%. Um, many of the European countries, certainly the Scandinavian countries, it's over 40% because the government does so many more, you know, good things for everybody, like providing free college education and free health care. And it doesn't, doesn't create crises for them. It doesn't create problems for them. In fact, what it does, uh, Japan, again, you know, it's uh, well over 30%. Uh, what it does is it creates a good floor for people to have a solid middle class and it creates the soil in which businesses can root themselves, including small and local businesses, and do well. Uh, excellent point, Cheryl. Thank you very much for that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Carol in Manesson, Pennsylvania. Hey, Carol, what's on your mind today? Well, a lot, but mostly I want to talk about the system we have. To me, uh, the five or six years of influence of Trump managed to literally tear this system down so that now you have a situation where one man, Joe Manchin, can take away what 330 million people would like to have. That's a broken system. And I don't see how it became... I don't think our founding fathers ever allowed for the fact that one day 
a, a psychopathic malignant narcissist would take over this country in such a way and then refuse the transfer of uh, peaceful transfer of power and just take us down. I mean, that, that broke, he broke our system. I believe that, yep. that he's the worst thing that ever happened to this country. Certainly in our lifetimes, yes, I agree. Um, I think you know, the Civil War is a pretty tough, tough time, but uh, you know, outside of that, yeah, I, I am completely with you, Carol. And, and, and the fact that, I mean, here's a guy who you know, has uh, been accused of raping over 20 women, um, right. you know, is a, a failed businessman who, and, a, and a convicted con artist, and, and, and somehow the Republican Party embraced him and put him in the White House and now is continuing to embrace him. Um, yes. it's, it's, it's beyond breathtaking. It's just beyond breathtaking. It Car is. When, when one man, one man can take us down the way he has by his lawless administration, we have a system that's really, in my opinion, irretrievably broken. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I believe that. I, I don't think it's irretrievably broken, but I think it's very close to being on the edge of it. And, and by the way, I would say that had the Supreme Court not ruled the way they did with Citizens United in 2010, we wouldn't right. be here right now. That's true, too. So, I don't think they allowed for a Supreme Court that would be that, you know, that corrupt. powerful. That, no, that and, corrupt in fact, and in powerful. fact, Jefferson at length, after the Marbury decision in 1803, at length warned against the power of the Supreme Court. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Carol, I got to move, but thank, thank you. Th thank you very much. Ken in La Center, Washington. Hey, Ken, what's up? Good day, brother. Hey. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm wanting to address this issue of uh, people calling us communists because we want progress. And the Republicans, or who I like to call the royalists, I don't think have any idea of history of what happened to communist uh, countries, how they uh, turned communist, because they seem to be promoting the same conditions that led to other countries turning communist. Well, Russia went from a, from a royal family that was extraordinarily predatory to communism. I mean, you know, is that what you're talking about? Predatory well, capitalism flips to, ca to communism? When you have a very small minority of wealthy people who hold the power at the top and ignore the wishes of the masses. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's going, you know, that's where Republicans That's, that's also what it. happened with, you know, Castro in Cuba taking out Batista, who was insanely corrupt. It's also what happened in Cambodia with Pol Pot, although that was just a cluster. Interesting yes. point, Ken. Interesting point. Thank you very much. So people wonder why militias all of a sudden? How is it that all kinds of Americans are showing up with assault weapons in the Capitol building trying to assassinate the Vice President of the United States and the Speaker of the House of Representatives and stop the counting of the presidential votes, the Electoral College votes? Where did this come from? You know, the last time we saw an armed uprising against the federal government in the United States was 1861. It was the Confederacy. Is this a confederacy rising again? Well, yeah, there is a huge white supremacist element to it. In fact, I'd say it's one of the primary animating impulses. But what really got these things going, these militias going, 
was the Heller decision written by the, the opinion written by Antonin Scalia and published on June 26, 2008. And it has crazy language in it, basically begging for militias. I share it with you in a special video over at TomHartman.com. Check it out. And welcome back. Uh, Tom Hartman here with you and uh, Alejandro in Miami. Hey, Alejandro, what's on your mind today? No, that I wanted to talk about whether Trump could be prosecuted for murder. I mean, obviously, I wanted to give my legal opinion about this. Thank you. You are an attorney, aren't you, Alejandro? Yes, a photo bar attorney. So, an interesting. You said. And I'm suggesting against- he should be prosecuted in Florida because there's no federal law against murder. That, that is very correct. That, that is correct under our common law system. Yes, so that's mostly under the state's purview, murder cases for the most part. Yes, unless it's a serial killer going across state lines, but. You know, I don't think that applies in this case. But, you know, I, I, I was considering the argument you made. You know, and, I forced it's, and I know you said this on the show, too. It's hard to prosecute a public official because right, of sovereign immunity and stuff like that. However, I don't think, you know, I mean, your sovereign immunity, in a sense, as a public official, you have some discretion implementing policies. And even if they're bad policies, that doesn't necessarily mean you made a crime. However, I don't think that's a 100% immunity shield. I mean, obviously, if Trump were to kill someone on Fifth Avenue, uh, you know, and, and they shot him just for no good reason. Just, oh, shot somebody, not ordered a drone strike and killed a terrorist, right? That would be more arguably policy, right? But if he just randomly went out the White House when he was still president and shot someone and killed them with no, without any legal justification whatsoever, I think, yes, that would still be called a murder because, you know, that's not within the scope of presidency to go kill people. And, of course, yes, you can try to argue that's the same thing here. It's not letting people die of COVID when you knew otherwise. Like when you took policies that purposely harm people, in other words, it wasn't like, oh, I have two bad choices and I have to pick the better of the one choice. No, if he purposely had that intent, like you said many, many times on the show, that he wanted to hurt minorities versus white people. And, and then, of course, he knew he was lying because even Bob Woodward, when he did that interview, Trump knew that the coronavirus was not less deadly than the flu. He knew it was five times more deadly than the flu. So he already knew. He was already lying. And I think that, yeah, he knowingly um, made look at the statute. So we're... But I want to argue the statute here. But but anyway, I think it's even with all that said, I think, yes, he, per, he, he purposely might have caused all the deaths of people unnecessarily, like, you know, Dr. Burke said. However, it's hard to prove second-degree murder because you still have to show intent. Like, you have to show that he still intended to do that, like he had his plan to do that. And so that's what I think that's what's tricky about proving well, second-degree let me, murder. Well, let me, let me just read you the statute then because, uh, you know, this, I think there is a, a loophole in this, uh, and I'll just read it to you. The unlawful killing of a human being when perpetrated by an act imminently dangerous to another and evincing a depraved mind regardless of human life, although without any premeditated design to affect the death of any particular individual, is Mm -hmm. murder in the second degree and constitutes a felony of the first degree punishable by imprisonment for a term of years not exceeding life. So, you know, it doesn't require premeditation. No, no, for sure, right. The second degree, my right. If you try but I think to do- I think I'm building a case that there actually was premeditation here. No, possibly, right. I mean, of course, it's, it's, it's whether how easily you can prove that in court. And I know I, I just read an article from Dean Obidala. He had an op-ed on this, you know, I guess earlier this year about could Trump be charged with manslaughter over COVID-19? And I think that's what a stronger case is because uh, manslaughter or you know criminal negligence, I think it's a stronger case. It's more realistic because you know the. Well, the, the three elements. Let me go. Yeah, 
So like like they explained, you know, Glenn Kirshner explained it on the sh- on on, the sh- on MSNBC once. At first, the three elements of manslaughter is first a person is acting in a grossly negligent way when having a duty to act. So of course, Trump has, has president has a duty to not get people killed, right? To act in our best interest in protecting us from the virus. Right. So I think that the number one element is satisfied there. Second element is knowing your action or failure is to act is likely to produce death or serious bodily injury. I don't think anyone denies. That you let COVID run rampant, that's going to happen. You're going to cause a lot of people to die or go to the hospital because of COVID. Yep. And 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 I try to think the third element here. Uh, I don't need, like it's, it's tricky doing this one, but yeah, I think that, that that's also. I think that might be a stronger case to do like gross negligence. Like like yeah. if you're drunk drunk driving and you hit someone and you kill someone, that would be a gross negligence. That'd be criminal negligence. And I think right. that can at least be argued with in regards to Trump that he was criminally negligent. And pursuing a policy that purposely was going to, you know, hurt people, and maybe it could be argued, yeah, it could be manslaughter, which is actually more intentional. Like when you intentionally do policies that you know are going to kill people, not that you're being right. negligent in killing people, but you knew you were going to do. Well, I have no yeah, problem that- if he goes to jail for manslaughter. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not wed to second degree murder. I just, I, I was looking through the Florida criminal statutes. And yeah. I, of course, I'm not an attorney, but it looks to me like the second degree murder one was was, you know, uh, close enough to be defensible. And so I inserted that. But, I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. So, Alejandro, bottom line here, I, I want to pick up a, another caller here before the end of the hour. Uh, bottom line here is you think that uh, a, a criminal prosecution of Trump is possible for the death of these people. Yeah, I think it's possible. We can debate whether the second degree murder charge is an overcharge. But I think, yes, he can definitely be charge for manslaughter for voluntary manslaughter well actually let me let me just extend this conversation you are a florida attorney um who yes. would have to bring that charge would it be the palm beach district attorney would it be the state attorney general and what are the chances that any of those people were able to do it i think it, it could be the palm beach county because he's in palm beach county he could bring up charges i mean i don't know the, the, the tricky thing is i don't know if they could charge for people who we're not in Florida, right? Right. He'd, he'd have to do it on behalf of somebody in Palm Beach who died, right? Right, something like that, or in yeah. the state of Florida. Well, I guarantee you there's somebody in Palm Beach who died because of Trump's policies, so maybe. Alejandro, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, fascinating. And thank you all. My apologies to every, all the people sitting on hold here. We will continue this conversation tomorrow and throughout the week. And thanks so much for being with us today. Don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires all of us, and that includes you. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. Have a great afternoon. Be good to yourself and the people around you. Hey, this is a time that we need to be taking care of ourselves and the people that we love. And frankly, we need to be taking care of everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.